You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. Today, time is at a premium. It seems like time can be moving a lot faster. How can we take more control and have more agency over our time? Each and every day truly does matter. As Jim Rohn says, days are expensive. You spend a day, you have one less day to spend. So make sure you spend each one wisely. On this episode of The Model Health Show, we have an icon in personal development. We have somebody who's crafted one of the most effective ways to truly get the most out of each day of our lives. And I'm telling you, if there's one word to describe this episode, it's powerful. You're in for a real treat and something that is likely going to change your life forever. Now, before we get to our special guest, right now we're in the midst of cold and flu season. All right. Cold and flus, for some reason, because of marketing, they get a whole season dedicated to colds and flus. But the bottom line is we do want to make sure that we are taking care of our immune system, fortifying things and making sure that our bodies are resilient in the face of anything that we might be exposed to. Now, as the statement says, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So we want to make sure that we're being proactive and focus on prevention. One of the things that I do proactively, especially during this time of year, is utilize one of the most renowned products for fortifying the immune system from bees called propolis. A study published in the peer-reviewed journal Antiviral Chemistry and Chemotherapy revealed that propolis has significant antiviral effects, specifically in reducing viral lung infections. Now, quality is everything when it comes to propolis. And the propolis that I utilize is the propolis throat spray from Beekeepers Naturals. Go to beekeepersnaturals.com forward slash model. That's B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S naturals.com forward slash model you get 20% off their incredible propolis immune spray. Now, again, this is something that I use on a regular basis. Also make sure that my family is getting their sprays in and it's backed by really solid science and the proof is in the pudding. All right, I'm not one of those guys that's just out here getting sicky sick all the time. And I definitely attribute proactive use of this propolis immune spray. It's just really taking things to another level. And if you look at some of the background on this, this is really the immune system for the hive itself. And there's been a resonance, you know, for thousands of years, humans have been utilizing this, but the key is also supporting regenerative bee keeping because our bees are being hit hard by all of these different environmental pollutants that have recently, just especially in the last few decades, have been integrating themselves into our environment. And we're talking billions of tons of newly invented toxicants are added to our environment each year. And this is coming from data from the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, about 3 billion tons of these toxins from, quote, normal business practices. We're not talking about those big events you might see on the news. We're just talking about day-to-day, run-of-the-mill, literally, events that are impacting our environment and deeply impacting populations of bees. And so investing in companies like Beekeepers Naturals is something really special because not only are we getting something special for our own health, 
but we're supporting regenerative beekeeping in a huge, huge way. And by the way, when it comes down to it, especially when we're looking at, okay, we've got a sick kid or maybe we're coming down with something. Typically in our culture, we're turning to these ridiculous, highly refined, all these different chemicals, newly invented compounds, and not to mention the drug agents that are a lot of times not even necessary. And so one of the most popular conventional cough syrups out there on store shelves, you know the one, all right, there's several of them, the Bisbenadryl, the NyQuil, all right, I don't even want to say their names, all right, but they contain things like FDNC blue, number one, FDNC red, number 40, high fructose corn syrup, propylene glycol, saccharin sodium, like multiple forms of refined sugars and sweeteners and all of these, again, synthetic chemicals that are anti-health. And, and there are certain things that have been proven. These are backed by science to be equally as beneficial, but far less toxic. The combination of first and foremost, honey, let's talk about that. A randomized double-blind placebo-controlled study revealed that raw honey, that's the key, was able to outperform placebo and significantly reduce cough frequency and severity at night and improve sleep quality. The cough syrup from Beekeepers Naturals should be a staple in your cabinet because it also contains several other science-backed nutritional sources, including elderberry. A double-blind placebo-controlled study published in the peer-reviewed journal Advances in Traditional Medicine found that after 48 hours of treatment with elderberry, coughing was relieved in 31% of patients versus the placebo. It works. It works if you work it. So highly recommend getting yourself some of these resources. You don't want to wait around until you need it. Make sure that you have it on hand. And also they have some incredible lozenges for you as well without all those highly refined sugars and chemicals. They're doing so many good things. Go to beekeepersnaturals.com forward slash model. That's B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S naturals com forward slash model for 20% off store wide. And now let's get to the Apple podcast review of the week. Another five-star review titled Sean is a beautiful person by Runner and Walker. His focus is on helping people to achieve health. He knows we are set up to fail. He says it's our responsibility to change our environment. He shows us how. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. And that's what today is all about. Showing us how, how to construct our days in a way that we feel empowered that we're able to take care of our health, to accomplish our goals and so much more. So without further ado, let's get to our special guest and topic of the day. Our guest today is one of the most in-demand speakers and personal development experts in the world. He's the author of 12 books, including the mega hit book, The Miracle Morning, which has sold over 2 million copies and translated into 37 different languages. Today, Hal is gonna talk about the science behind The Miracle Morning, and practical strategies that you can start utilizing right now to transform your life. Let's dive in this conversation with the amazing Hal Elrod. All right, we've got a true icon in personal development sitting here in the studio. You are the man behind the Miracle Morning. Millions of copies sold, many, many millions more lives impacted because mm -hmm. you've created something that has become a positive mind virus or a meme, right? Yeah. The miracle morning. So some people even have that in, a, in their lexicon. They don't even know where it came from. And so to have you here to talk about this is really special, man. So 
Good to see you. Sean, I love you, man. I love you so much. And we started saying that we're in the presence of an icon. I was like, I'm like, you're introducing yourself to start the podcast? That's weird. But uh, no, I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you, man. Thank you. Well, since we have you here, let's start off by talking about a big picture. Mm. Uh, look at this, which is why is the way that we start our days mm. so important as far as the outcomes in our life? Yeah. Yeah, man, I used to not be a morning person, like I'd say probably the majority of our society. That was a, and I think it's a limiting belief when I really identified it, right? Like I'm not a morning person just means when I was 18, I left the house and I didn't have to wake up early anymore. And since I was forced to do that for 18 years, now uh, I'm going to not do it and I'm going to sleep in as long as I possibly can. I think that literally, that then becomes our new reality into adulthood is we only wake up when we have to. And um, as I started to study the world's most successful people, not only do many of them have, you know, morning rituals as part of their day, but to answer your question as to like, why is it important? How you start your day sets the tone, the context and the direction for how you enter your day and therefore the mindset you're in in terms of what you're going to create that day. In other words, if you start your day in a peak physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual state, that is the best thing that you can do to show up at your best in your work, in your relationships, with your family, right? For the people you love, the people that you lead. And so, yeah, how you start your day is arguably, if you want to improve your life in any area, you want to improve your health, your finances, any area, it's about starting your day in a peak state and then focusing the first part of your day on engaging in that area. So it, engaging in personal development to grow in your financial capabilities and mindset, your relational capabilities and mindset, develop skills and habits in the areas that matter most. So that's the, that's the big picture of why the Miracle Morning is so powerful. Yeah, yeah. You know, this has a real powerful, just it's grounded in science as well. You know, momentum is a real thing. Mm -hmm. In science, we talk about potential energy and kinetic energy and objects in motion tend to stay in motion, right? So it's like getting that momentum rolling. And so you've crafted some very intelligent and really streamlined the process for people. And we're gonna unpack what that miracle morning actually looks like, but let's first talk about what got you to the place of like, I have to start doing something different for myself. Yes, uh, it was 2008 and the US economy crashed and I crashed with it like millions of Americans. I um, lost over, well, let me say what I was doing. I was a coach at that time. That's how I made my money. I, I just left a six year uh, career in sales. And then when I left that, I'm like, what am I qualified to do? Well, all I've done is sell a lot of products. So um, I'm qualified to coach other people on how to do what I did, right? So that's what I, what I started to do. And I had a dream of being a speaker and being an author. And so I was, but those weren't gonna pay me right away. So I needed to make money, right? So I decided to coach. And in a year and a half after leaving my sales career, I'd built a, you know, a nice income, $80,000 a year, you know, entrepreneurial income. And in a matter of uh, when the economy crashed, it was like a six month downward spiral where I lost over half of my clients, uh, lost over half my income, could not pay my mortgage, could not pay the bills. I, I started living on credit cards. So I was a Dave Ramsey student, you know, like, you know, I don't, I pay them off every month. And then within six months, I accumulated $52,000 in credit card debt. I stopped paying my mortgage. I couldn't afford it. And so my house, my first house that I ever bought, you know, my, my pride that I'd put in so much time into the backyard and right, that was taken away from me. Um, I canceled my gym membership because I couldn't afford it. Uh, I started buying cheap food, you know, cause I was just, I was broke. And I went into this downward, like physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and really financial rock bottom. And a buddy of mine, I finally reached out for help, called my friend, John Berghoff. I said, John, 
I haven't told anybody this man because I'm kind of like, I don't know how to, I don't know what to think about it, but I'm struggling. I'm really struggling. And I told him everything. And he said, um, Hey, I want you to listen to this Jim Rohn audio and I want you to take notes and I want you to implement what you hear. I was like, man, I need to make money. I don't need to listen to a Jim Rohn audio. Like, how can I grow the business? He said, trust me, this, this audio changed my life. I was like, all right. So I listened to Jim Rohn audio. One quote from that audio was the catalyst to change everything faster than I ever thought possible. So I really want people to really tune into this. Jim Rohn said, your level of success, uh, and this is true, by the way, your success in every area of life, not just your professional success, but your success in your health and your mental health and your, right, all of it will rarely exceed your level of personal development. And when I heard that, it just clicked for me in this quantifiable way where I went, okay, well, well, if my level of success in every area of my life is not going to see my level of personal development, two questions from that were born. Number one, what level of success do I want on a scale of one to 10? And it was a quick, easy answer. Well, 10, everybody wants to be as happy and healthy and wealthy as they can be. Okay. So I want level 10 success. All right. Well, my level of success is not going to exceed my level of personal development. What, what's my level of personal development right now? At that time in my life, I wasn't reading. I wasn't doing, I mean, I was, I was just surviving, right? I was, I was just trying to make it the day. So I assessed my level of personal development is like at a two or a three, like maybe a four on a good day. But, and that I believe is the disconnect for the majority of our society is everybody wants level 10 success. But when you ask yourself, what's your level of personal development? Like your growth every day, who are you becoming every day? There's usually a major disconnect for me. I wanted level 10, but I was a level two or three. And I believe this is the disconnect for most of society. And so the epiphany was, okay, theoretically, I need to go study what the world's most successful people do for personal development. I need to adopt whatever the most effective practice for that is, start doing it every day. And then theoretically, that should enable me to become a better version of myself day by day by day by day by day until I become the person that I need to be that is capable and qualified of creating and sustaining the success I want in my life. That was the theory. It seemed to make sense. So I went home and I Googled what are the world's most successful people do for personal development. I was looking for one practice. I ended up with a list of six. I felt overwhelmed. And then I went, well, wait, what if I did all of them? What if I woke up tomorrow, like 30 minutes, 60 minutes earlier, and I did the six most timeless proven personal development practices that the world's most successful people swear by? So I, I did it. I, I was, I fumbled my way through all of them, but that very first morning, Sean, I'm going to wrap a bow on it with this. I had been depressed for six months. I had felt hopeless for six months. My very first miracle morning, even though I didn't, wouldn't call that until later, we can get into how that came to be. My very first miracle morning, um, I went, this is it. If I start every day like this, with this much clarity and energy and motivation and knowledge and discipline, it is only a matter of time before I become the person that I need to be to turn my life around. And it happened in less than two months. So fast that I told my wife, it felt like a miracle. And she goes, it's your miracle morning. Hmm. I go, thank you, sweetheart. I love that, you know? And that, that was kind of how it started for me. And I, it wasn't even a book, I, right? I know it was gonna be a book, but that's how it started for me. Yeah, oh my gosh. You know, the success piece is something that people resonate with, you know, because it's exciting. Like I wanna be successful. You mentioned like having that level 10 success, but being a level two person, mm. but the same thing holds true for life's challenges and problems, right? Growing ourselves, because that's a big part of the success equation people don't talk about. And this is why I'm so grateful to talk to you about it because you know about this more than anybody that I know. And 
for example, if we haven't been working on growing ourselves and we're a level two person, again, we're talking not about not about the value of the human spirit. No, related to your potential. That's how I... Your potential, right? So let's be clear on that. And you're a level three person, yeah. but then a level four problem shows up in your life, yeah. it's going to destroy you. Yeah. It's going to destroy your life. It's going to make everything so difficult. It's going to take over. Now, if you grow yourself and you're a level five person yeah. and that level four problem happens, yeah, it's going to shake up your world a bit, but you're going to be able to get through it. Sure. If you're a level eight, nine person and that level four problem comes up, you might be able to handle that on your lunch break. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's it. It's growing yourself to the place where you're more resilient mm. to life's inevitable challenges. And we didn't start off by talking about this part, but there was a, there was a prequel to all of this as well. Because there are not many people that I can talk to that actually died and are still sitting here today. Like you died. Yeah. And today we have this, and I'm not talking about metaphorically, by the way, I don't want you to share this, yeah. but there's a big movement towards tuning into people that have that motivation and resilience and this kind of thing. But a lot of these guys, they've been through tough circumstances, but not many of them died. Sure. All right. So... If you could share that part, because there were so many aspects of your life where you where you were told you weren't be wouldn't be able to do certain things, yeah, and you overcame that and then hit with the next thing. You know, you just mentioned the recession and all these things and losing your house, and life has been passing you out these really interesting combinations of cards, and you found a way to to play a, a solid hand and keep moving forward. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk. I know you're referring to the car accident. I'm gonna share a quick but prequel to the car accident, which I just only recently started sharing because I really connected the dots. Um, when I was eight years old, I woke up to my mother screaming across the hall and I ran across the hall and my 18 month old baby sister, Amory was dead in her arms. Now I didn't know she was dead. She was giving her mouth to mouth, um, but her heart had stopped while she was breastfeeding her that morning. And uh, my sister died that morning. And my, of course it devastated our family. And uh, my mom and dad, now at, at eight, I didn't fully know how to process it. I'm going, my sister died. What is that? You know, right? Like I, I, didn't, I didn't understand it. Um, but within about six months, my mother was leading a support group for other parents who had lost their children. And my dad had founded a fundraiser to raise money for the hospital that tried to save my sister's life. And, um, and so, again, not really realizing it at eight years old, but they planted the seed to turn your pain into purpose. And then I look at the rest of my life and I go, oh, that's why I responded to my adversity the way that I did, because my mom and dad showed me when you were young, hey, life's going to hit you and it's, there's going to be tragedy. But if you can use your pain to serve others, to help other people, then it becomes purposeful. And then you can, you can find peace in it and you can find strength in it. So you fast forward from that, the losing of my, my sister, the death of my sister, 12 years later, I was driving home from a Cutco conference. I, had, I was working for the company Cutco, and I gave a speech at the conference that night. Um, driving home uh, after my first standing ovation, it was like a, it was like a high. I was on like cloud nine. Uh, a drunk driver got on the freeway going the wrong way, and I was hit. My car was hit head on by a drunk driver at seventy miles per hour. My car spun off the drunk driver, and the car behind me t-boned me in my driver's side door at seventy miles per hour. And I broke 11 bones instantaneously. I started losing a lot of blood. And an hour later is how long it took the, the, the paramedics and the fire department to rip the roof off with the jaws of life and pull me out. 
And when they did, I, I bled to death. And uh, I lost so much blood that my heart stopped beating. I stopped breathing and I was clinically dead for approximately six minutes. They rushed me onto a medevac helicopter, uh, hooked me up to an IV, pumping blood back into my body, um, used the defibrillators to shock me back to life, gave me oxygen. And thank God they didn't give up after, you know, five minutes. But six minutes later, they got my heart beating again. I was rushed, airlifted to the hospital in the helicopter. Uh, I spent six days in a coma and uh, I flatlined twice more. So it's very touch and go. Um, funny, I had dinner with my, not funny, but I had dinner with my dad last night and he was actually retelling me what the whole thing was like from his perspective, which was wild. And he's crying and, you know, and as a parent, of course, dad, that's the worst thing that could have happened. And also to have lost a child already. They lost their youngest and now they're watching me flatline while they're sitting by my bedside, right? And um, I came out of the coma six days later and the doctors told me I had permanent brain damage and I would never walk again. And that's obviously at any age, but 20, I mean, that's like the, wait, what? I'm never going to walk. I'll be in a wheelchair the rest of my life. And, you know, we can, we can unpack the story in so many ways, but I'll just give you to me the, the, the most important piece of it, the lesson for everybody. Um, I was told I wouldn't walk again. And so I had to process what, okay, what, if that is the case, like, A, am I going to accept that as my fate? Like, is that just no other option? Or might the doctors not fully know what I'm capable of? And might I not know? And might I not know what God's capable, right? I don't know. So what I decided is I'm going to accept the worst case scenario. And if I'm in a wheelchair the rest of my life, I will be the happiest, most grateful person you've ever seen in a wheelchair because I will not let my unchangeable circumstances determine my quality of life, my mental and emotional quality of life, my mental and emotional well-being. Um, but I'm not accepting. I, I, so worst case scenario is I'm the happiest, most grateful human being you've ever been in a wheelchair, right? Like, so that's, that's not bad. Like, yeah, it sucks. I'm in a wheelchair, but I'm actually grateful. I'm happy. So I'm actually loving my life. I, so that was my vision for the worst case scenario. But I'm not accepting that as my fate. I'm going to visualize walking again every day. I'm going to pray that I can walk again every day with unwavering faith. I'm going to meditate on my body healing completely so that I can walk again. So it's like this, it's like the two sides of the same coin. Like I've accepted the worst case scenario. So it has no power over me. I'm not scared of it. And I'm maintaining faith that I can walk again. And my dad came in uh, two weeks after the crash, or no, sorry, one week after the crash, after the coma, I was out for a week. And he said, hey, Hal, the doctors are concerned with your mental and emotional state. They believe you're in denial or you're delusional because they said you're always happy and smiling and, and telling jokes and making them laugh. And they said, that's not normal. And they said, you're, you should be depressed and scared and angry and sad. And right, you should be all of these things. And they, they said that you need to face what's happened to you and, 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 and so that you can move through it. You can't just live in the state of denial. And I said, dad, I live my life by the five minute rule. He said, remind me what that was. I said, okay, I learned this in my Cutco sales training. It's okay to be negative when something goes wrong, but not for more than five minutes. And the number's arbitrary. You might need five days. I, I, I think I took five days after the car accident, right? But the five minute rule was when, when you hit traffic, when in that case, a customer doesn't buy from you, they cancel an order, they miss an appointment, like just little adversities that frustrate you, anger you, upset you. He would, he, my, my mentor taught me, you set your timer for five minutes and give yourself five minutes to feel your emotions fully. Bitch, moan, complain, cry, vent, punch a wall, get angry, whatever. Feel it all. Don't suppress it. 
Don't deny it. Feel it all. But when the five-minute timer goes off, you say three very liberating words. Can't change it. It's an acknowledgement. I can't change what happened five minutes ago, so now I got a choice. I can continue to be upset over it, which that's futile. It doesn't change anything. Or I can accept what happened, be completely at peace with it so that I can create space to move forward and, 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 and feel the way I need to feel, want to feel to take the next step in my life. I said, Dad, I've been living by the five-minute rule for a year and a half. I can't change that I was in a car accident, but I get to choose to be at peace with it completely. I don't, I'm not going to wish it didn't happen because it's a waste of my energy. And I told him the whole, if I'm in a wheelchair the rest of my life, I'll be the happiest person in a wheelchair. But you go back to the doctors that I'm not in denial. I'm totally at peace with this because that's the only logical choice that I have. The fact that these medical professionals are telling you you're supposed to feel a certain way, yeah. right? And, you know, the thing was, and I'm so glad that you shared this. We've, we've had many conversations over the years, but to share that prequel to the prequel and to unpack, like, where did I get that from, yeah. you know, with my with losing my sister and seeing my parents turn this tragedy into something so much bigger and special and a mission for giving. Like, that's so powerful, man, because when we dig around a bit, there's certain things, you know, people have been studying successful people for a long time. And sometimes when we're doing a thing, we don't realize it because it's just what we do. Yeah. But there's always a superhero origin story. There's always a catalyst moment and there's a nature versus nurture thing, but there's usually something there that leads to how you show up in those moments. Yeah. And what I love about this is that, you know, you've shared in many different ways that you aren't particularly special, yeah. but I want to, I would want to argue with you a little bit because what you've been able to overcome is superhuman truly. Yeah. But also you point to, we have this superhuman capacity within us and having a strategy to, to discover that is so important. And this leads us back to the savers, mm -hmm. which even the name that acronym right now is hitting different for me, Yeah, you know, because of what you've been through, right? And these savers are the miracle morning. Yep. So let's talk about these, again, science-backed practical steps to start to create and orchestrate the life that we truly want. And by the way, that whole, you'll never walk again scenario, you danced in here today, all right? You didn't even walk in here, you danced in here today. And you've done all of these incredible feats, you know, like, You've run a couple of marathons, right? One ultra marathon. One ultra. Well, ultra. <laughs> you put ultra on it. It's just ridiculous to me. You know what I mean? But it's just like, it's, it's so special. But even the seeds for that, Miracle Morning. Yep. All right. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So I mentioned 2008, right? When I had this realization, I need to create the most effective personal development ritual to, to, to change who I am to become the person that I can create the success I want. And I, I mentioned I had a list of six practices and I was a little overwhelmed. And then I went, well, what if I did all of them? So the practices initially were meditation, which became silence. That's the S in savers. And, that, and I love that it became silence because prayer for me is a part of meditation. I meditate, I pray, I'll do breath work sometimes, right? So there's, there's multifaceted silence, right? Um, the A is for affirmations. And we're, I want to unpack, we'll, let's, we'll circle back to that because affirmations to me are the most misunderstood and the most effective form of personal development. Um, the V in savers is for visualization. And you look just like at the world's greatest athletes visualize showing up at their best before they hit the court or the field. And we should do the same before we hit 
you know, see our family or, or step into work, right? We should be mentally rehearsing how we're going to show up before we actually show up so that we're already, we've gone there in our mind, body, and spirit. And we're ready in real time. Um, the E in Sabres is for exercise. And this doesn't mean you have to go to the gym in the morning. It means that even as little as 60 seconds of jumping jacks first thing in the morning will remove that brain fog. We'll get the blood and oxygen flowing to your brain that increases your cognitive abilities, your mental focus, uh, and just wakes your nervous system up so you got more energy, you're ready to go. The R in savers is for reading, right? And we're all one book away from learning one strategy to improve our health, marriage, wealth, mornings, right? Whatever it is. Um, and the final S is for scribing, which originally was journaling, but the J would have made the acronym awkward, right? Saberja. Um, so, uh, so we got scribing and, uh, and scribing is a fancy word for journaling or writing. And so, um, you know, it's, it's about putting pen to paper and there's magic that happens when you either take the stressful thoughts out of your head and you write them down. And now there's this separation where you're like, okay, I can breathe. Like they're not in my head anymore. I don't have the burden of having to consistently entertain them all day or all night, right? They're on paper. I can, I can revisit them later or tomorrow, right? Like they're there, they're out of my, right? So it's magic. And same thing with gratitude. Like when you actually write down what you're grateful for, and then you actually, you know, my hand goes on my heart always. And I, I go from, I call it intellectual gratitude, which is the, in your head, checking off the list. Oh yeah, grateful for my family, check my, right? But, but when you put your hand on your heart and you look at that list and you go, close your eyes and you go, oh, my wife, man, how blessed am I to have her in my life? I'm so blessed, thank you, God, right? Like and you really sit in that gratitude, it has a penetrating, soul-piercing impact that, that dramatically enhances the quality of your life. And we can unpack any or all of these sabers, but I'm gonna, I, wanna, I wanna quickly um, paraphrase Robert Kiyosaki. So Robert Kiyosaki, author of Rich Dad Poor Dad, for anybody that doesn't know the name Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad Poor Dad author, um, one of my favorite financial books of all time, uh, he said, that when he interviewed me on Rich Dad Radio, actually, quick backstory, I spoke at an event, he was the headline speaker, I got to have dinner with him and the other founders of the event, I had a book under my table, signed to Robert, and I'm in my head going, dude, he's not gonna read my book, like, he's worth like $80 million, like, I think he's doing okay, I don't think he needs a morning routine book, right? But then Wayne Gretzky's voice came in my head, you miss all the shots you don't take, I'll give him the book. So I give him the book, and uh, three weeks later, and I thought he would never read it, three weeks later, he reaches out, and his assistant reached out, not him, and she said, hey, Robert's read The Miracle Morning three times in the last three weeks. My jaw hit the floor right there. I was like, wait, he's read my book three times in three weeks? What? She said he's doing it almost every single day with his wife, Kim. It is changing his life, and he wants to have you on Rich Dad Radio. And I was just like, my, you know, mind blown. My favorite author is, you're kidding me. And so what, at the end of the, our, our episode, um, he said something that I had never thought of. He said, Hal, before you wrote The Miracle Morning, every successful person on the planet attributes their success to at least one of the sabers, right? You know, there's an article, Fortune 500 CEOs who swear by meditation. You know, people, the books they read, it could be, right? Any one of the sabers will change your life. He said, but I've never met or heard of anyone that practiced all six of these ancient routines, these ancient, you know, best practices every day. He said, never, maybe they do two or three. Maybe they read the exercise, they meditate, right? but never all six. And he said, any one of these will change your life. But he goes, I think you named your book correctly because my experience over the last three weeks, I'm experiencing miracles. He said, I believe when you do all six of the practices every day, 
you will experience miracles. And so that's how I like to wrap up the savers because yeah, any one of them will change your life. But when you do all six, I mean, millions of people attest, like it, it's, it's, it, it's mind blowing how transformative it is. Wow, man. And just to put you in proximity to your favorite author, like these are the things like you're, you, it's a frequency thing, you know, you're in resonance mm. with, with this. And the same thing going back to your healing and you accepting, hey, I'm, if need be, I'm gonna be the happiest person in his wheelchair. It's a resonance, it's a frequency of happiness. It's a frequency of life and success. And then having your vision on what you wanted to create. And man, you have so many stories like this though. So many stories. And I, of course I wanna unpack these savers, but first and foremost, six can seem like a lot. What mm. about time? Mm. What about the time to actually do it? Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so in the new book, the Miracle Morning updated and expanded edition, there is a chapter called the six minute miracle morning. And it sounds kind of gimmicky, like, come on, six minutes. But it almost everything in the miracle morning it developed organically, because again, it wasn't a book idea. And what happened was there were many days, because I ended up doing, I, I got to where I was doing a 60 minute miracle morning. In fact, I went to a two hour miracle morning at one point for a long time. Because I wanted, I got so much value from it. I wanted it to be as long as it could possibly could, right? But anyway, there were many days where I'm like, all right, I got an appointment. I've only, I got to leave here in a half an hour, so I can't do my full hour. Or I got to leave here in 20 minutes, can't do my full hour. And we live with this all or nothing mentality, right? Where like we have, we have this, everybody's a little OCD, right? Which is like, I like blank amount of time to do this thing. And since I don't have the full amount of time, I just won't do it, right? Whether it's like, I like to go to the gym for half an hour, but I only got 15 minutes, so I'm just not going to go. I'll go tomorrow, right? And I had that happen over and over and over. My miracle morning kept getting pushed off. And then one day I just was like, I got to leave in 15 minutes. I was like, what if I did a six minute version? What if I did like one focused minute of silence where I got really quiet? I said a quick prayer, a little meditation. I just kind of centered myself for the day. What if I pulled up my affirmations? And I just read like, you know, as many as I could read. I set a timer for 60 seconds and I read a few of them that really focused me on, here's what I'm committed to today in my life, my goals. What if I visualize myself doing the most important thing I need to do today in a peak state? I just saw it. I felt it. What if I stood up, I did 60 seconds of jumping jack, just got my heart rate up. What if I pulled out the book I'm reading and I read one page and I got one idea that I could apply today to transform my life, improve my life in some way? What if I journaled what I was grateful for for just a minute? And so I did that. And six minutes later, I felt like I got like 70% of the benefit of the miracle morning doing an hour. And I went, Wow, I set myself up for the day. So that's the first piece is that you literally can do a six minute miracle morning. And I always say like in the chapter, I say, don't make this your daily practice. You can't go deep in a minute of anything, right? Like, but you can transform your state. You can optimize your state in a minute, right? So this, there's the six minute miracle morning and the miracle morning in and of itself, um, I do a 60 minute version. Uh, I think roughly 70% of miracle morning practitioners do 60 minutes roughly 23% do 30 minutes and the other 7% do longer or shorter, right? Um, but the Miracle Morning is completely customizable. There's a chapter in the book called Customizing the Miracle Morning to Fit Your Lifestyle. So you can do the savers in any order. You don't have to do them S-A-V-E-R-S. You could, if you're tired in the morning and you're falling asleep while you're meditating, do your exercise, do your 60 seconds of jumping jacks, right? Wake yourself up. Um, any order, you can do them... Uh, and people, like, if you're a shift worker, you're like, well, hell, I, I, I go to bed at, you know, 6 a.m., right? I, I wake up at, you know, at whatever time. Like, great, I wake up at 2 p.m. Well, then your miracle morning starts at 2. It's about starting your day with these practices. Um, and then the other question I get is, do I have to do them in the morning, 
right? Like meaning like, couldn't I do a miracle afternoon? Like do I have to wake up earlier, really? Uh, it's uh, the answer to that is the savers will be transformative at any time of day, but the benefits are immediate. When you meditate, you know, you, you know, you can speak to this. It lowers your cortisol levels, right? It, it, it clears your mind. You have more mental clarity. You don't want to miss out on that all day long and do it in the evening. When you exercise in the morning, Robin Sharma in the Miracle Morning movie, he said the benefits of exercise have been scientifically proven to last as long as 13 hours, right? So you, you don't want to miss out on those benefits during the day and wait till the evening, right? If you read a book and it gives you like affirmations, you're, you're focusing on your highest priorities by reading, reading your affirmations. You don't want to miss out. So doing it in the morning is crucial. Um, and then the last thing is this. Uh, when I give a speech, when I, I give my keynote speeches, the miracle morning, and at the end of the miracle morning, I give people a 30-day, I used to call it a 30-day challenge, but now I call it a 30-day journey because I feel like we had enough challenges. Like, let's just take a journey together. We got, you know, um, but I end it by saying, look, if you want to do a 60-minute miracle morning with all six of the savers, you want to be an overachiever, do it. Here's my invitation. Wake up 10 minutes earlier, not an hour, 10 minutes earlier, because everybody can do 10 minutes earlier and do one of the savers. That's it. And then build on it. And here's the thing. If you've never read the Miracle Morning, your Miracle Morning, it doesn't get easier. You, you read the book. You wake up 10 minutes earlier and you read the Miracle Morning. And then when you get to the chapter on silence, you add that to your next Miracle Morning. So you've just been 10 minutes a day for maybe a week. Easy peasy. Just wake up, read the book. And then you add silence the next day. Then you get to the chapter on affirmations and you fold that into your Miracle Morning. And then, right, and day by day by day, now within a couple of weeks, you're doing a full-blown miracle morning when two weeks ago, you didn't even think you'd become a morning person. And it started with 10 minutes a day, a little bit of reading, that easy. Yeah, oh man, so good, so good. All right, now you mentioned to go back specifically to affirmations, all right? So I wanna unpack a few of these savers. Okay. We're not gonna go through all of them, which you go into detail, obviously, in the book. But silence, you mentioned, you know, I could speak to this a, a little bit, which is, there are so many different forms of this. You mentioned breath work, you mentioned meditation, you mentioned prayer. Many of these different practices allow, which is, this is very logical, but allows for us to have the ability to hear, mm. all right? Because so often we're consuming, there's so much data, there's, we're, we're living in the information age, there's so much coming in, we don't get a chance to metabolize things. Yep. And to choose silence, to choose to be still, and, you know, if we're speaking about something like breath work, for example, this gives us an opportunity to kind of even train our nervous system, right? We can do the breath of fire or the chaotic breathing is another name for it. And then you calm yourself. Maybe you do that for 30 seconds of like, and then, you know, you're going to increase the production of, which this is the other part of it. You mentioned the parasympathetic coming online and reducing cortisol, but this is going to spike that adrenaline cortisol but then you're calm under that. You sit there and be still and you're teaching your body like, even when I'm stressed, I can relax and reduce all that stuff. My body knows what to do, right? So whether it's meditation, prayer, breath work, or a combination of those things, super special. I do that every day myself for, I don't know, 17 years now. Yeah. And you know, maybe I've missed a day or two here or there, but it's such a valuable part of my life. But the affirmation part, that's the part that you said it was, let me go back to what you said. You said the most effective personal development tool. Yeah. That's a powerful statement. Yeah. Why is that? So 
first I'll, I'll talk about why they're, I said it's the, the most misunderstood and the most effective, right? The reason it's the most misunderstood, well, you could chalk it up to either well-meaning self-help gurus that have taught a certain flavor of affirmations. You could chalk it up to Stuart Smalley on Saturday Night Live, right? Uh, for those that don't, you know, back in the 90s, this guy Stuart Smalley used to do this, his daily affirmation show. And it was, it was making fun. It was like, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough and doggone it, people like me, right? That's what he did every day. By the way, yeah, Michael Jordan do that with him one time. Do you remember that one? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, so here are the two problems. To me, the two biggest problems with affirmations, the way that they've been mistaught. Number one is lying to yourself doesn't work. It's not the optimal strategy. And we've been taught like, hey, if you're struggling financially, just affirm, I am wealthy. I am wealthy. And just say it over and over and over until you believe it. Now, there may be merit to that. Definitely better than saying I'm broke, I'd imagine. Um, but maybe not. Maybe I'm broke. It's, at least it's a realistic statement. Here's the point. If you say I am and it's followed by something that does not resonate as true for you, you are creating an internal conflict that is counterproductive. If you're literally broke, you're struggling financially, and you say I am wealthy, your subconscious goes to no, you're not. Your banking on balance is negative. You're like, sh shut up, self. I, I'm, I'm trying to do my affirmations. I am wealthy, right? So lying to yourself is never the optimal strategy because the truth will always prevail. You have to have affirmations rooted in truth. The second problem is that we've been taught by, again, well-meaning self-help gurus to use this flowery, passive language that produces an almost or promises an almost magical result independent of any effort. So follow along. You probably heard this type of affirmation. I am a money magnet. Money flows to me effortlessly and in abundance, right? No, no, it doesn't. It's not how money works. Go talk to anyone that is wealthy and, and you're like, hey, so is it because you were a money magnet and you just sat on your couch and affirmed that it was going to flow in, right? No. Now, why do people like that affirmation? I believe it's, it's because it creates a sense of delusion that feels better than reality, right? So if you look at your bank account balance on your phone and you're like, oh my God, I'm negative again. Huh, I need to do my affirmations. Put the phone down. I am a money magnet. Okay, that feels better. That feels better. Money flows to me effortlessly. Okay, thank God. And in abundance. Oh, that feels so much better. So I think that's this, it's like, it's like taking a drug every day. It's like this, like you take a shot of alcohol, be like, all right, now that numbs the pain a little bit. But again, it's counterproductive because it gives you a false sense of hope that money is going to magically flow into your life. I'm going to share with you. So for me personally, with the Miracle Morning practices, meditation could be a little woo-woo, visualization, little woo-woo, affirmations, little woo-woo. My background's in sales and business. I'm a very left-brain, logical person. So when I learned the, 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 the savers, the affirmation, or all these practices, I had to figure out how do I make these all practical actionable and results oriented. And so the last 15 years of doing the miracle morning has been striving toward that end. So I'm going to give you all three steps. I unpack these in the book, but I'll unpack them quite a bit here on um, three steps to create affirmations that are practical, actionable results oriented. Step one, affirm what you are committed to. Okay. If you want to be wealthy, that's great, but don't say I am wealthy. If you are not yet that say, I am committed to becoming wealthy, no matter what, there is no other option an unwavering commitment to the result or outcome you want, or it could be the behavior activity. So you could say, I'm committed to losing 20 pounds by the end of this year, no matter what, there is no other option. Or you could say, I'm committed to running on the treadmill for 20 minutes a day 
four days a week, no matter what, there is no other option. Either way, that's going to get you toward the outcome that you're committed to, right? In life, we don't get what we want, we get what we're committed to. Step two, affirm why it is a must for you. These are the reasons why it is so meaningful, so important. There is no other, these are, this is what fuels that commitment. So that when you're not motivated and you don't feel like it and you're kind of tired, you look at those musts and you go, oh yeah, I'm doing it for my wife. I'm doing it for my kids. I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it for human. Like, oh, oh yeah, it doesn't matter that I'm tired or I don't feel like it. Those are the fuel, right? I mean, Simon Sinek became famous with what's your why, right? That's the why. Step two, why is it a must for you? And step three, which specific actions will you take and when? You're affirming which specific actions you will take and when to ensure that you follow through with the commitment. Sean, I'm going to I'm going to give you a very real life example that I think saved my life. When I was dieting, this is the this is the one thing we haven't even gotten to yet, but 7 years ago, I woke up struggling to breathe. I went to the hospital, they drained 2 liters from my lung of fluid. They didn't know what was wrong. Thought it was pneumonia. Day and a half later, lungs full again, got a download uh, take out another two liters of fluid. Kept happening every other day. I'm going into the ER, going to see doctors. Turns out I have a very rare aggressive form of cancer called acute lymphoblastic leukemia. So it's a blood cancer that attacks your organs and most people die within two to three weeks of getting the cancer. Shuts your organs down. And I was on the verge. Not only was my lung collapsing, my heart was on the verge of failing and so was my were my kidneys when I finally got diagnosed. And so... I was given a 20 to 30% chance of surviving. And that was the best odds, 20 to 30%. And I had a lot more to lose than my car accident, right? Now I had a seven-year-old daughter, Sophia, uh, 11-year-old son, Halston, and my wife, whose age is unknown to this day. Um, but uh, but no, but I had, it, it, you know, it was the scariest news of my life. And I'm very optimistic. I maintain unwavering faith. But in the first, you know, days and week, I went, what if I do everything right and I still die? Like I have to face reality. Like there's, what if I die? Cause I found out Wayne Dyer, one of my heroes, very, you know, I would imagine as evolved as I would ever aspire to be, got leukemia and died. And that's actually where the fear really, cause I learned that like within a day, I started Googling stuff. I'm like, whoa, like before that, I was like, I'm going to beat this. And I was like, wait, Wayne Dyer couldn't beat it. I don't think I'm on a level even, right? Like, oh, and maybe unless he was ready to go, I don't know. But, but the fear of what if, what if I do everything right and I still die? So that fear started to consume me in the, in, in the first week. And I was like, this is not serving me. So I created affirmations following the formula and these saved my life. Here's what I affirmed. Number one, what are you committed to, right? I am committed to beating cancer and living to be 100 plus years old alongside Ursula and the kids. No matter what, there is no other option. And I affirmed that every day, not just during Miracle Morning, but it was on my bedside table. It was on my, these affirmations were on my phone. They were everywhere. And I was, I affirmed it every time I felt afraid. What, what if I die? No, that's not serving me. I am committed to beating cancer and living to be a hundred plus years old alongside Ursula and the kids, no matter what, there is no other option. And I affirmed it with such conviction that it became my new reality. And there was no space for fear. Number two, why is it a must for you? I'm, I had five bullet points. Number one, I'm committed to beating cancer for Ursula because I promised her forever and a day. I'm committed to beating cancer for my kids, Sophia and Halston, because they need their daddy's love, guidance, and leadership, and I want to watch them grow up. I'm committed to beating cancer for my mom and dad because they lost a child already, 
and they don't deserve to lose another one. I'm committed to being cancer for myself because I deserve to live a long, happy, healthy life. And last but not least, <clears throat> I'm committed to being cancer for the millions of people who are themselves battling cancer or some other disease and may not have been blessed with the knowledge and resources that I have. And it's my responsibility to overcome this so I can help them. And those five reasons were so important to me. They were so compelling that on the days that, that I was sick, I was exhausted, I felt like giving up, I'd read that affirmation. I'd go, I, I can go one more day. I can go one more day. And then step three, which actions was I going to take and, and when? Is I, ha I said, okay, I, I didn't want to do chemo because it was poison and I was scared, but it was my really the only option I had. I said, I'll do the best that Western medicine has to offer. But, and here's an important caveat, because I was afraid of the chemo poisoning me because it kills, most people die from the chemo, right? So I went, okay, I'm going to do the chemo and I'm gonna trust my doctors, but I'm going to trust myself more and I'm going to do every holistic practice known to man. And while I do the chemo, I'm gonna maintain the affirmation and mindset that my body is strong enough for this chemo to kill the cancer, but it's not killing me. I'm gonna survive this chemotherapy and I'm gonna do every holistic practice known to man. And I relentlessly researched everything. I took 70 supplements a day. I juiced every day. I had an organic diet. I, um, I did lymphatic massage. I did ozone sauna. I did coffee enemas. I did everything holistic. And, and because I said, you know what? I'm not leaving my, my fate in the doctor's hands. They, they got no skin in the game. They lose patients every day. It's, I'm not leaving it up to them. I'm taking 100% responsibility for beating this cancer and being alive for my family. And those affirmations, I believe, saved my life. Man. Man, I'm so, I don't even know the words, man. I'm so proud of you and just grateful for you, you know? Man. Um, yeah, when somebody has some affirmation about affirmations, it's you, you know, like to, to hear this and your perspective and also it's the North star for you, you know, and there's so many different pieces of this that might not be in, con that might not be in our control, but what we can control is where we focus, where our attention is yeah. and all, everything about us is moving towards that destination all the time. But a lot of times our energy is so scattered. And one of the biggest mistakes that we make is outsourcing our potential to someone else yeah. and their beliefs about us when they truly, they cannot control where we focus our attention. It's up to us unless we don't realize it. Yeah. And so, man, thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, I hope that everybody really picked up the practicality that you put into affirmations versus something that is just like not based on reality. It's something practical yeah. and it's a very powerful reminder. I feel like the greatest among us that we're telling stories about today are those who are good at remembering. Yeah. All of us forget from time to time how powerful we are. Well, and let me say that um, to translate this for everybody, if you're not, you know, obviously going through cancer or something, I use that affirmations formula for every area of my life as a dad. What am I committed to, right? Or who am I committed to being? Um, why is it a must for me? What's the, you know, what, what, what's the, why is it a must? And which actions will I take and when? As a husband, as a father, as an entrepreneur, in every aspect of my life with every goal, that affirmations formula follows the goal, follows the rule. Yeah, yeah. And as mentioned before, you know, 
stuff's gonna happen. Yeah. Life be lifing. Yeah. You know, and so it's like building yourself up because you were already you. You were already how Elrod when this situation showed up yeah. and cancer didn't know what the f to do. Like, oh sh like I've I've messed with the wrong person. You know what I mean? Because you grew yourself, you know, that resilience. And so we're all gonna be faced with different challenges. You know, there's, it's just a part of being here. Yeah. And it's one of those things that we can get sold a bill of goods that isn't really based on reality, where it's just like the ultimate goal is to achieve endless bliss, Yeah. right? But I'm telling you, I know these people, I know them and they go through shit. Yeah. And it's really about remembering and how you show up when life's inevitable problems show up. Got a quick break coming up, we'll be right back. I wanna share something with you that has been fueling my workouts recently. Numerous studies, including a study published by the Federation of American Societies for Experimental Biology, AKA the FASF Journal, have found that exogenous ketones can be up to 28% more efficient in generating energy than glucose alone. And because of this, Something that, listen, there are so many different supplements that are out there on the market. Very few things do you experience a change the first day. Now, this isn't true for everybody, but for me, this was the case. I was shocked. I actually took time stepping away from everything else that I was doing as far as supplementation around training, gave myself a break, and then did this with a lot of focus and intention to see, hey, what are the kind of results that I could see by utilizing Ketone IQ? and I was really just blown away. My stamina was significantly increased, but more so my recovery afterwards. It was really impressive. I just felt like I could do so much more than I normally do. And I'm somebody who really prides myself on being a high performer and being able to really challenge my limits and do exceptional things. And so to do what I was typically doing and didn't have energy left in the tank, I was just like, wow, this is something special. I need to tell more people about this. So right now you can head over to hvmn.com forward slash model, and they're going to give you 30% off of your first subscription order. It'll be taken off automatically at checkout. And I'm telling you, this is the real deal. Go to hvmn.com forward slash model. Check out Ketone IQ today. And now back to the show. Now, We've gone through, we've talked a little bit about silence, a little deeper on affirmations. I wanna talk about one more of the savers. And again, the rest of it is is in the book in depth in so many colorful ways. Mm. But I wanna talk about visualization mm. because this is another one of those things that is so freaking remarkable, so powerful, but we often don't utilize it. Yeah. So why is this a part of the Miracle Morning? It's well, it's a part because again, the world's most successful people swear by visualization, right? And athletes are the ones that you, you know, I think usually you, you point to, um, but it, athletes use it to show up at their best every day in what is important to them. And we should use it to show up at our best every day in what's important to us. Now, visualization, similar to affirmations, I think has been mistaught, if you will, and, and not even mistaught, but they've taught half of it. And the second half isn't taught. And that's the most important part. And here's what I mean we are taught like the vision board is a probably the most popularized visualization is make a vision board, right? Which is like a fun activity. And I think there's value in keeping those things important to you. They're top of mind. I also know my experience was like my vision board became like invisible on the wall. I call it my invisible board. Cause it just, I just, I just, I kept walking by and I forgot it was there, you know? Um, but the problem is if all you do is visualize the end result, 
you literally trick your brain into thinking it's a foregone conclusion without needing effort from you. Because you're like, oh yeah, I've seen it. I know it's going to happen. Well, what are you doing to make it happen? I visualize it every day. No, no, but what are you doing? I visualize it. No, no, but you have to actually, what are you doing, right? Oh yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I just see it so much. I believe it, right? And so to me, it can be counterproductive. Now it's valuable because the reason you want to visualize the end result is to generate the emotions that will motivate you, that will pull you toward it. So I'll give you a real life example though, of how the second step in visualization, well, let me tell you the step and then give you the example. The second step is you need to visualize what you need to do today. You need to mentally rehearse yourself doing the thing today that will actually get you to that ultimate vision. That's the most important part. And it's the one that's not taught. When I was training for an ultra marathon, so I hate running. I hated running then. I hate running now. The reason this came to be is um, I got obsessed with this whole level 10 concept, right? Um, and, and to be fair, like you never reach level 10. Like on the day that you die, you could have done more. You could have learned more. You could have grown more. So both your level of success will never actually reach level 10. Also, when you reach what you think is level 10, all of a sudden now it becomes level five and you go, whoa, I can do way more, right? So it's just an arbitrary number that's saying, hey, let's try to be the best we can be, right? And so, but I got obsessed where I went, okay, I was just setting level 10 goals. What does level 10 look like in my finances this year? Not, not for the rest of my life. Like, and I had that in my back of my mind, like eventually, but what's this year look like level 10 from where I'm at now? And so with fitness, I went, what would level 10 fitness be? And I had two friends that had just run ultra marathons. Otherwise that would never even, I didn't even know what it was except for that. And I was like, well, wait, John Berghoff and John Brown, my two buddies, they ran ultra marathons. I hate running. Who would I have to become to go from never having run more than the, the mile in PE class in high school that they forced you to run that I hated to running 52 consecutive miles? I don't even, I can't even imagine that. So I'm gonna commit to it publicly. I'm just gonna commit publicly to raise money for this charity, Front Row Foundation that my friend founded. I'm like, that way I've got accountability. Like it's for the chair, I gotta do it. So I committed publicly. And uh, then I bought a book on Amazon called The Non-Runner's Marathon Trainer. And it's literally for people that don't run. Because a lot of runners that run marathons are like, I ran a 2K, then a 5K, and then a 3 like, I'm, a I'm becoming a runner. This is like, no, if you hate running, here's how you get yourself there, right? And so um, I committed to it. I bought the book. I had the training plan. But I still hated running. And so think about this if you're listening. Think about the things in your life, the goals you have, whether they're financial goals, health goals. And you know what you need to do. But it's, it, it, it's hard to get yourself to do it. Right, like, and you and we procrastinate. We're like, eh, I'll go to the gym tomorrow. Yeah, I could have, I could have one more soda today. I could, I just have, I'll just have like, have just have one beer, you know. And we keep justifying this level of mediocrity where we're accepting less than we really want for ourselves, right? And so my human nature was like, I kept putting running off, and then I was like, okay, wait, how can I adapt my visualization to my running and my affirmation? So I started, I, I started applying my miracle morning, my savers to running this marathon. So every morning I would meditate in an optimal emotional state while I imagined going for a run. Then I would have my affirmations that said, step one, what am I committed to? I'm committed to completing 52 miles and raising money for the Front Row Foundation on October 29th, 2009, no matter what, there's no other option. Why is this a must for me? Because committing to this will, and training for it will enable me to become the person that I need to be that is so far beyond who I am now that I can accomplish anything at that point. So what? Step three, which actions will I take and win? 
I will follow the non-runners marathon trainer training plan to a T, whether I feel like it or not. So I affirmed it every morning. Now we get to the visualization. I'd visualize crossing the finish line of the marathon. In fact, I went a little further. It was the Atlantic City Marathon that we were running. I printed out the finish line of that marathon. So I could literally, I would look at it for a second in my hands. Then I'd set it on my coffee table, close my eyes and imagine 52 miles have gone by and I'm crossing that finish line. What's that going to feel like? Oh my, I'll be exhausted, but I'll feel like I'm, I, I can do anything, right? So I'd imagine that. Then I got to the second part of visualization. This is the most important part. My alarm clock was on my phone set for 7 a.m. to go for that run. It was on my coffee table sitting in front of me. I'd close my eyes and I would imagine the alarm sounding and I would imagine seeing it and hearing it. Beep, 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 right? And I would imagine picking it up, turning it off, setting it down, walking into my bedroom, getting dressed in my running. It was like a little movie in my mind, just like, like, like three minutes long, getting dressed in my running clothes. I would do the whole thing, putting on my running clothes, putting on my shoes, right? Then I would visualize walking in through my living room. I would always see my hand reach out to the front door. I mean, like right now, Sean, I, I did this for six months. I see the exact same movie I played for six months. I'd visualize opening, turning the door, opening my front door, seeing my sidewalk. Then I'd replay those affirmations. I'm committed to completing 52 miles on October 29, 2009. No matter what, there is no other option. I'm doing this to become a better, the best version of myself that can then accomplish anything I set out to do. So in order to do that, I will follow through with my training plan in the non-runners marathon trainer, no matter what, there's no other option. And I would generate these excited emotions while I pictured that sidewalk. And then I would imagine going out on that run. Now here's how this happens in real, the magic is that when my alarm, my phone went off at 7 a.m. Now, if I hadn't visualized it, my human nature would be like, ah, oh, man, I, I could run tomorrow. I don't, I can run tomorrow, tomorrow. I already, I did yesterday. I'm going to skip a couple, whatever, right? We all do that. But that's not what I mentally rehearsed and visualized that morning. So that's not what happened. It's almost as if I was a robot in, a, in the most positive sense of the word where I'm like 7 a.m. time to run, right? I turned off the phone, went in my bedroom, got dressed in my running clothes, went out the front door, opened that front door. As soon as I saw the sidewalk, I was flooded with that positive emotional state that I generated during my visualization and I went for that run. And in the same way that Miracle Morning Affirmation saved my life during cancer, I do not think I would have trained for, I would have dropped out of the marathon. I would not have completed it if it wasn't for visualization. And that two-step practice, the second part, that mental rehearsal being the most important part. Yeah, practical, proven. As you mentioned, it's well-studied in sports and performance. It's just a great tool, but are we using it? And this tool, this incredible tool that you've created, and as mentioned, over 2 million copies of The Miracle Morning have been sold but now you have this brand new, beautiful iteration of the, of the book with up-leveled how. I mean, you were already something different back then, but now after all these years and all the stories and all the feedback and all the speeches and all the application, you've rewritten really the book in, in, in an incredible way. And you've added some new dimensions as well, including the Miracle Evening, by the way, there's a, there's a chapter in there on that. But can you tell people what they can expect by getting a copy of the new Miracle Morning. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's called the Miracle Morning Updated and Expanded Edition. Um, I've added 70 pages of new content. I mean, so it's, it's, a, it's a very real updated, expanded edition. Not to mention, I've re rewritten almost every page. If you go back and look at your old work, any of us, right, you're embarrassed by it. You're like, I'm like, so I'm like, oh man, this could be so much better. So I got to go through and like redo the whole thing. 
I added 70 pages of new content, 25 pages alone, just in the savers chapters. So, I mean, it's because when I think of it this way, when I wrote the miracle morning, I started writing it like six months after I started practicing it. So I was a novice at meditation, a novice at all of it, you know, and published the book. Well, 15 years of miracle mornings. And I literally do the miracle morning over six days a week on average, 6.2. It's only my wife keeps me up for the date night or, you know, families in town or concert, but I'm doing the miracle morning every day that I possibly can. Um, and so I've, you know, I've learned over 15 years, I've evolved all of these practices. So that's it. It's, it's the book's infinitely better. Um, the, the, it takes you from not only if you're brand new, cause that's the thing If this book had to appeal to people that have never read it. And the 2 million people that have read it, that, that I didn't want them to read it and go, it's like the original. They had to go, Oh my God, this is so, it feels new. So it appeals to, to everybody. Right. And, um, and then uh, last piece of that is there are two brand new chapters. So 40 plus pages of the new content are at the very end of the book. Um, and one is the miracle evening, which the subtitle is your strategy for blissful bedtime and better sleep. Um, and the second is the miracle life, which is your path to inner freedom. And I'll quickly summarize those. The miracle evening chapter. Um, I went through a period of after chemo, it just messed up my brain. And I had s about six months of chronic sleep deprivation where I slept two to four hours a night and it wrecked me. And so I went on a path kind of like trying to cure my cancer. How do I cure my insomnia? Um, and so I just, I just combined in this chapter, these are the best, it's a seven step process. These are what I do every evening, what I landed on after all the research, talking to experts, et cetera. And when I speak now, I always ask audiences, how many of you struggle with sleep? Raise your hand. And it's over half the audience. I mean, it's, it's, it's an epidemic, right? So that chapter is really important to me to help people really, you know, let go of their stressful thoughts in the evening. And even though life can be challenging, like you can actually go to bed peaceful at night, even if you're struggling in certain areas. So that's, that's an important chapter. And then the miracle life, that's, that's my new, that's my next phase of my work. I, I've been working on that book for two years, but I don't want to like, I don't, I'm like, I don't want to wait another year to put this content out. So I'm like, I'm going to write like a 25 page chapter. That's like beefy on this is how you choose your optimal mental and emotional state, even in the midst of the most difficult circumstances, right? That superpower that I developed during the car accident, during cancer and trying to distill it for people to adapt in their life. Now, this is something very special for us as well, which is this is as of, as of now, the first big podcast, major podcast, top 10, number one health podcast to share this message about the new Miracle Morning. And you have some incredible bonuses mm. for people yes. that go over and pre-order this book right now, because I want, and I know a lot of people are already feeling this, to be more in your world, mm. to get more from you. The book is a game changer in and of itself, but what about the other support? And that's what you've put together with some of these bonuses. Let's talk about that. Yeah, no, it is exciting because almost every interview that I've been doing is launching the week of, and only the bonuses are really for my community because I've got, you know, hundreds of thousands of people on my email list that I'm like going, hey, guys, you, I want to reward you for, you've already bought the original book, buy the new one, right? So um, if you pre-order one copy and the website is thenewmiraclemorning.com. So if you go to thenewmiraclemorning.com, this is only up until the book publishes on December 12th, right? Um, and then the bonuses do go away but the new you get the immediate implementation kit. And the reason for this is because, you know, pre-ordering a book is kind of, you're like, I, I want, I want immediate gratification. So when you pre-order the new book today at the new you get a 60 
plus minute master class where I unpack the new concepts in the book. It's a video master class with me that I recorded. It's not recycled. It's literally I recorded it like two weeks ago just for the pre-order bonuses. You also get a digital copy of the first 40 pages of the book. Actually, I take that back. 30 pages of the book and then five pages from the Miracle Evening chapter and five pages from the Miracle Life chapter. And again, it's for immediate gratification. So you don't have to wait till December 12th to start reading. You can start reading today and implementing your Miracle Morning. And then you get two guided meditation tracks uh, in the Miracle Morning app. So the Miracle Morning app is free. You can download the app. And then when you pre-order the book, you get this special link that puts the two tracks in your inbox in the app. And it's the only way to get them. And it's a 10-minute guided meditation called the Miracle Evening. So when you read the Miracle Evening, you're going to be like, this is great. But now you're going to have a guided meditation that you know, takes you to sleep using the, the principles that I teach in that chapter. And then the second guided meditation is the Miracle Life that you'll listen to the next morning during your Miracle Morning that teach you how to choose your optimal mental, emotional, and spiritual state, right? No matter what's going on in your life. So when you pre-order the book, you get, that's over $200 in bonuses immediately. And then I'll just mention this. You mentioned more, me more in your world. You'll be, the next page that you go to is like, hey, if you want to order copies for like friends and family, if you order five, pre-order five copies of the book, you get an email that you can forward your friends that gives them all of the bonuses I just mentioned. And then the big bonus is you get six tickets to the Miracle Year live virtual event that I'm hosting on December 14th, two days after the book comes out. And that's going to be where I combine the Miracle Morning, the Miracle Evening, which was my follow-up book to the Miracle Morning. And it's more, more about how do you achieve your goals. Like, okay, Miracle Morning is your daily pro practice for personal development. Miracle Equation is your daily process for goal achievement. And then the third piece, that miracle life. How do you combine those three concepts to make 2024 the best year of your life? And so you not you don't get just one ticket as a bonus when you order the five books. You get six tickets. So you get one for you and five tickets to gift to your friends and family. So they'll get the book, they'll get the immediate implementation kit, and they'll get a ticket to the Miracle Year live virtual event on December 14th. So yeah, man, I wanted to go really big with the bonuses because, you know, it was really for my audience. I wanted to do something really special for them. And since you are putting this out early, man, everybody, your audience gets it too. Yeah. And we talked about this. I proactively was like, listen, I want to do this for my audience. I want to give them as many goodies as possible, stack conditions. And also, I, of course, I got an advanced copy of the book and I read the, the Miracle Evening section of the book as well. Mm. And you're addressing, you're addressing the biggest psychological barrier to people getting restful sleep. Mm. And you did it in such a great way. Like that's the part that isn't talked about enough is the psychological piece. Yeah. And so it's really special, man. You put together as as I would expect from you, something really remarkable and just being able to overgive and and be who you are. It's just, you know, you're, you're a superhero, man. And I appreciate you so much. And so again, everybody go to the new miraclemorning.com right now, pre-order your book, get hooked up with all these incredible bonuses and early access to a significant part of the book right now so you can start reading, start implementing. This is how we change our lives one miracle morning at a time. Hal Rod, I appreciate you so much, brother. Amen. I appreciate you, Sean, so much. You have no idea how happy I'm right now being with you. Uh, thank you, dude. Thank you for this. My guy, thank you for coming to hang out with us, for blessing us here in the studio with your energy. Hal Elrod, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I absolutely loved this conversation and I hope that this resonated with you as well. How really is the real deal? Very, very special human being. 
and an inspiration truly for all of us. And this was our first time to actually sit down face to face and do an interview. We've seen each other before. We had multiple conversations, but the last time that I actually saw him in person was a seemingly random passerby. Wasn't planning on seeing him there, but I was at Onnit headquarters in Austin and somebody invited me to a UFC fight, which I'd never been to one of those. And so next thing you know, I'm there. And then I bump into Hal and it's just like, he's one of those guys that's just so passionate about excellence and human performance and training and all these different things. And that was the last time that I got to see him. And that was a few years back. And he's been through a lot since then. Obviously he shared his story with going through cancer and the treatment and being able to, because I got to be here with him today and to see how strong this man is. And not only did he come back better, but now he's more motivated than ever to get this message out and to empower people. And sometimes our greatest angels have the biggest struggles, you know, the biggest challenges for them to go through to help us to learn from. And so please, please make sure to support yourself and support this book. Go to thenewmiraclemorning.com and take advantage of all those incredible bonuses. It's a couple hundred dollars worth of bonuses. Pre-order the book, be a part of the Miracle Morning Movement. We've got some incredible masterclasses and world-class guests coming your way very, very soon. So make sure to stay tuned. Take care, have an amazing day, and I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.